As many of you know, a month ago I had the privilege of traveling to Uganda with Trokora, and there are many things that I would love to share with you, but I'm sure that you don't want a sort of a two-hour-long mass. But today, I just want to tell you about one particular group that we met during our trip there. The focus of Trokora's work there in Uganda is in the north of the country. One of the main towns in that area is uh, a town called Gulu, and uh, it has a population about the size of Cork, but probably it's no bigger than our town here of Roscommon. We met the Archbishop there of Gulu, the Most Reverend John Baptist Odama, while we were visiting the town. And he is famous for being instrumental in uniting all the churches and the different faith groups in that area, including Muslims and uh, Sikhs, and uh, of course the many different Christian communities, and of course ourselves as Roman Catholics. And he was instrumental in uniting all of these religious groups together in the face of the war that was going on there from 1986 to 2006, which little is known about here in Europe. The Archbishop was highly instrumental in beginning the peace process between the rebels and the government there. And he was also involved then later on as a mediator between the various parties in the peace process when the talks were difficult and at times broke down. One of the most destructive aspects of the war in Uganda was that very quickly after it began, the rebels began to abduct children and to force them to become child soldiers. This happened to both young boys and young girls. And one of the horrific ways that the rebels would initiate these young children was by forcing them to return home to their own families and communities to murder, to rape, and to pillage. And by forcing these young abducted children to do this, the rebels ensured that the children in themselves felt that they could never return home to their families or what was left of their communities. You can imagine how devastating and dehumanizing this was for the children concerned, but also for the communities concerned. In Uganda, many of the dioceses have radio stations, and it's a way for bishops and priests there to preach the gospel out to the far-flung parts of the diocese and parishes and chapels that may not see a priest for two or three months. And one of the ingenious uses of this church radio system, if you will, is in the areas affected by this abduction of children, where families and community elders were invited to come down to the radio station and to broadcast a welcome out into the bush to these children who had done awful things, horrendous things, had been abducted and forced to do awful things. And the child soldiers very often had little transistor radios and they would listen to the broadcasts. The message being sent was very clear. Even though you have done the most terrible of things, the most horrendous of crimes, you are still loved and you are welcome to come home. While we were there, we met a young group 
a group of young people in their 20s, all of whom had been child soldiers, all of whom had made their way home. Their stories were amazing and wonderful, terrible but beautiful. And they had a phrase that they used for when a child would return back to the community after having committed these desperate, horrendous crimes against that community. And the phrase in English we would have for it would be reconciliation without justice. Because they knew, and it had been handed on to them in their own tribes, that there was nothing that any of these children could do to make amends for what they had done. They recovered the traditions of their tribe that had been lost, which acknowledged that horrible things happen in war and that there is no way of putting that right. And so they have a ritual where the offending person, the offending child, is reconciled to the community without justice because there can be no justice in the situation that the child finds themselves in. Leprosy, as described in the Old Testament reading from Leviticus today, was known as the living death. This was for two reasons. First, the color and the pallor of the person who was affected was gone, or it could, be, it could look jaundiced or green or very white. And then secondly, as we heard in the first reading and in the gospel, the leper was banished out from the community, sent away until the leprosy might leave them. And in biblical times, leprosy, having leprosy, was seen as a sign of sin, although we really must be careful not to interpret any kind of sickness in this way today. The leper had to stay outside of the community. And as such then, if this was the living death, a healing from leprosy was seen as being on the same level as a raising from the dead. This was because there was no known cure for leprosy. There was no way back. So therefore, if somebody was cured of it, it was interpreted as an act of God a gracious, divine act. Interestingly, the cure of leprosy allowed the former leper to be admitted back into the community. For Christians, for us, this echoes the action of forgiveness of sin. It is an action that can only be done by God and it restores the person to full relationship with the community and to God. The work and ministry of priests, of the church in general, of Trokra in Uganda, is profoundly connected to the ministry of Jesus in the gospel. It is a ministry of reconciliation, reconciliation to the community and reconciliation to God. There can be no separation of these two different types of reconciliation. If I am reconciled to God, then I am reconciled to the community. If I am not reconciled to the community, then I cannot be reconciled to God. This profound ministry that priests share in, in a particular way through the sacrament of confession, 
is a ministry of God alone. Only God can forgive our sins and restore us to full communion, full relationship again.